You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I had a word during worship for you guys. And I, I felt, um, just as I was on the front row, I just felt God say, great is your faithfulness. And here's the thing about faith, is that it's faithful in the little, and then it's faithful in the big. And you have been a family that has been faithful faithful to the things of God. And I just want to let you know that God, he sees. And in seeing, he knows. He knows the cries. He knows the things. He knows the things that are even maybe unspoken. But I really believe that Jesus is doing miracles in your life. That as your faith has risen, he has seen, he has heard, and he is moving on your behalf. And I just felt him say, get ready, be expectant. There are some big things lined up ahead. And you're going to step into them because you know what it's like to step out already. So in the little, you're going to now step out in the big. And we're excited to cheer you on. So we're excited for you. Give a cheer, Ben and Amy. So awesome. And I'm just so excited, so honored to be here from San Diego and with my Salt Lake City family. I flew in and I was just so pumped. I'm like, oh, I just love it here. I love the beauty. I love the mountains. I love the city. But most of all, I love you. The people that are in this city is what makes it a difference. And um, I'm just so honored to be able to speak and to minister today. I'm grateful for Pastors Jurgen and Leanne Matesius. Let's hear a cheer for them. They... You know, they had a dream in their heart that God placed on the inside of them. And because they stepped out, we get to be a part of that dream. And pastors Matt and Loren, who stepped out of what they knew in San Diego to come here and bring revival, just so proud of you. We've been friends for a very long time, and it's really fun in church to do life over a long period of time and get to be with people in the highs and the lows and the breakthroughs and all the things. And I've gotten to do that with them. And I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of the team here. Beautiful pastors, Vince and Becca. I could name tons of people, but I don't want to take up time because I got a word that God gave me. And so um, I want to just um, bring what, what I feel God is wanting to bring about today in this place. So we're in a series called Culture Code, the cultures of awakened church. And can I just say that the cultures of awakened church that we're talking about, that we're preaching about, that we're ministering about are kingdom cultures. These aren't just these random cultures, it's kingdom culture uh, that we function in. And so I have a message uh, today, it's called Just Do It. Just Do It. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture, and I'm going to share some points. I'm going to tell some stories. Anybody like stories? I'm going to tell some stories, and then I truly believe that the Spirit of God, who is alive and well, is going to break through in this house, and we are going to have revival today. So Acts 3, 1 through 16. So just stick with me. It's a long passage of scripture. You're okay with reading the Bible? Good. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, when he was put, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. 
Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if it was our own power or godliness that we made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God... But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, the man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. I believe today that whatever we thought that we killed, whatever dream that died, whatever we thought or we could have maybe tried to hope for seems dead and gone, that today God can resurrect in the name of Jesus. There is resurrection power in the house of God. It is not our strength. It is the strength of Jesus himself. Point number one, take a stand for Jesus now. Let's live what we believe now. I find it really interesting that there was a beggar at this temple called Beautiful. And when Peter and John came to him, he didn't ask for healing, this beggar. He was asking for money. How many people do we walk across in life and we only looked at what's on the outside? We only try to help the symptom. But what did this man really need? See, money was gonna come and go for this man, but what he really needed, Peter and John had eyes to see beyond, beyond the asking of a moment and looked at him and said, you didn't ask me, but I'm gonna give you what you really need. By faith in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Could you imagine this man day after day, year after year, all he had resulted, all he could think of was maybe just let me eat for today. And yet these two people that had the Holy Spirit on the inside of them could see beyond the outside and go, you know what you really need? Healing. Let's do that. I like our God. I like Jesus. I like a Christian living faith that has miracles attached to it that can give people what we really need, not just what we think we ask for. And Peter and John were on their way to church when this was happening. Many of us came here today and were on our way to church, believing in God. So they were Christian men. But how many of us would say, hey, when the moment comes to us 
to lead somebody to the Lord or to heal them or to give them what they really need? Would we stand? Would we choose to take a stand for Jesus now? I think that this is one of the most significant times in all of history to stand out for Jesus, to stand up with Jesus and his principles. And I can remember years ago, I was saved as a little girl, four years old, parents, missionaries in Ecuador. But at some point in our life, our faith has to be real to us. Not just what we were born into, not what we walked into, but for us. And so I had gotten saved and living a Christian life. And I remember I moved here to, I moved to San Diego. And um, it, I remember getting this first job and it was um, my first like career job out of college. And so I was just pumped on life. I was stepping into this sales opportunity and, um, and, and I jump in and I'm meeting all of these people. And to my knowledge in that place, there were like no Christians <laughs> that worked in that company. And so I'm like, cool, well, I'm the light. Here I am. Get ready, people. And so um, I remember, you know, just, you know, getting, you know, learning to, you know, just become friends with these people. And one night, they invited me out for dinner. It was a bunch of the sales team and the sales manager. And I was pumped, so I went to the dinner. And um, around the table, they all of a sudden, randomly, or not so randomly, started talking about Christians. I thought that was so odd because none of them were Christians and, or that I knew of. And so they start talking. And then they start chatting about Christians. I'm like, cool, yep, this is my moment. This is so great. And then they start talking about weird Christians. And they talk about Christians that are filled with the Holy Spirit, but they didn't talk about it like that. And they started talking about these fanatical Christians that did all these things and prayed all these crazy prayers. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're talking about me. And so I'm like, oh, and I just remember thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to tell them I'm one of these crazy Christians and I love my life. And the moment came, don't cheer yet. The moment came, and honest to God, it passed me by. I got so nervous. I started to look at all of these coworkers and people, and I was new in this career, and what are they going to think of me, and all the things. And I let all of the fears, all of the, 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 the words that the devil were hurling at me, and I just began to freeze in my seat, and the words didn't come out, and I let the moment pass me by. And I remember that day driving home, and I was so sad. I was so disheartened at myself. I was like, oh, I had the opportunity and I missed it. And I remember I prayed that day and I was like, Jesus, I never, never want to miss it again. If you give me opportunity, Jesus, I promise I will stand for you. And I can remember that years later, um, I was now working at another company, a company called Paychecks, and I was selling payroll services. And I was in a, a sales rep for the company, and I was doing really well in the company and kind of rose really high in the ranks real quick, and um, all was well. And we went to this um, conference that they had, and every bigwig was there, the CEO, the CFO, the top salespeople in the entire company, everyone was there. And they had this program that they were running through, and I was there, and honestly, I was kind of just like dodging all the big wigs, like, yeah, I'm cool, I'm a sales rep doing well, but don't need to, you know, don't need to rattle any cages here. And so I'm kind of just, all of a sudden, it's lunchtime, and they have this patio outside, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to 
get some fresh air. I'm gonna go out there, probably no one's gonna come out here, so I'll just get to have lunch in peace, come back, all good. So I go out there, I sit down at a table, there's no one at this table, and all of a sudden the doors open and in starts walking all of these different people. And the first person that comes and sits at my table, I'm like, top sales rep in the company. I'm like, oh, great. And so I'm just like, okay. And so she sits down and the next thing you know, some other bigwig sits down and then the owner of the entire company nationwide sits at my table. I've got the CEO, the CFO, the C whatever O's. Okay. They were all there. And I'm like sales rep in San Diego. And, um, we're just kind of chatting. I'm trying to just, you know, just be a part of the crew, but not really stand out too much. And um, next thing you know, all of a sudden, the conversation begins to turn. And they start talking about the things of the universe. You remember when The Secret came out? A secret so shocking that, you know, you talk to a universe and it talks back to you and all these things. And they're all chatting about like their philosophies of, um, and then they start to talk about like, does God exist? Do you believe that a God in the universe would exist? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's happening. (laughs) I prayed for opportunities and I'm seated back at a table and this time I've got something to lose. My first company, I was wet around the ears. I was a newbie sales rep. Here, I was doing really well. And it's like the same, like, recreated moment. Only higher stakes, right? And this one girl, she begins to talk about, um, I just believe in love candles. Like, you can't make this stuff up. I'm like love candles like what's a love candle and she's like and I just light the candle and I just evoke love into the room and like all these weird things that I'm like okay (laughs) and then I'll never forget (laughs) the owner of the entire company looks straight at me and he says what do you think and what they had just been talking about was, um, he, they had asked the question, do you believe that marriage could be between one man and one woman for the rest of their life? And the owner of the company was really struggling. I knew a bit of his story. I knew he was divorced. You know, this company, it was like, you know, all kinds of debauchery amongst the people. Like, they're not saved, you know? And so I kind of knew that. And he um, just looked at me. And he's like, well, what do you think? What do you say about that? And I looked at him, and I'll never forget, and I said, well, you know what? I do believe that there could be marriage between one man and one woman, but the only reason I believe that is because I believe in the Bible. I believe that Jesus Christ came to earth and died so that we wouldn't have to not have the one true way that's going to help us in that marriage. So the only reason I believe that is because I believe in Jesus Christ and I live by the principles of his word. And everyone was staring at me. And he looked at me and he said, tell me more. And I began to share of the things of scripture and it was like God gave me the most beautiful words to speak. And he looked at me at the end and he said, you know, I I can't rationalize everything that you're talking about, but I can respect you. God is so faithful that when we choose to step out, even if we step out scared, he will meet us in that place and give us those opportunities. Second Timothy 1, it says, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. 
The message verse says, do not be embarrassed by the message of Jesus. I am telling you, there's no better time in history to stand up for what we believe in, a real true God. Okay, point number two, pray now. Pray now. One of my biggest pet peeves, if I can be honest, you okay if I'm sharing? One of my pet peeves is when people are like, and this happens especially amongst Christian people, um, something happens and they're like, could you um, pray for me? And you're like, yep, totally, we'll pray for you. And you ever have like tons of people like, yeah, I'll pray, I'll pray, I'll pray. I'm like, do we really? I learned along the way that I don't wanna tell somebody that I'm gonna pray for them and then not pray, because that's a lie. They lie. God can't bless that. In fact, it will hinder our future prayers. So I learned a long time ago that when somebody asks me to pray for them, it's actually a stop moment and think. Yes, I will pray for you. How about now? And I'll step out and I'll pray for them right then. Then I'm not going to forget. Then there are times where somebody will send a text message, will you pray for me? And I will go, yep, and I'll write my prayer right then and there and send it on out. Sometimes I'll do a voice message and I'll pray on that voice message and I'll send it on out because I don't want to say them in a pray and believe for a breakthrough and then forget later. And it's okay, we can have definitely things that we're praying about and we've got a little journal, we're praying on those things, absolutely. But if somebody asks us to pray, what better time? than the moment that they asked for it. I began to cultivate a kingdom culture, which is praying now. Peter and John were on their way to church when a beggar asked them for something. It's never convenient to pray for a miracle. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what? Perfect timing was doing nothing. Praising the Lord Jesus. What a great time. Like that never happens. Anybody live in real life? Real life, you've got to take hold of the moment. You've got to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things so that when those opportunities arise, you can stand in and you can pray for a miracle. Don't wait. Pray. You know, I think that um, when you have an encounter with God, like you may be here and you're like, you know what, I've been saved one minute. I just came to this church, or I just got saved. You know that you already have a testimony? What did God save you from? How do you feel right now in this moment that you encountered the true love of Jesus? That'll preach. <laughs> That'll minister. That will help somebody else. So I don't want us to pull back and think, I need to read 700 books and the 10 steps to getting a person saved and the 15 ways to minister. Listen, I am absolutely saying, yes, let's learn. Let's journey together. But do not wait for somebody that needs a salvation. Do not wait when somebody is sitting by and they need a healing or a miracle. If you've encountered Jesus, even if for a minute, you've got a moment to impart into somebody that will change their life forever. And people know the difference. They know the difference when you're filled with the God of the universe that can do absolutely anything and everything. Not that long ago, I used to live downtown in San Diego and I um, was walking along the harbor and I like to just um, walk and pray. 
and I just began to walk and pray. And so I had one of those, those nights, and I went out, and I just took a long walk along the harbor, and I was praying in tongues. Now, what praying in tongues means is that's a prayer language given to us by the Holy Spirit that we do not know what is being spoken, but God does. Now, the reason why praying in tongues is so important is because this is one of the ways, the Bible says, this is the gift that builds us up in our most holy faith. It's the one gift that's helping us to have that faith that rise, to pray without doubts or fears. Sometimes when we pray in our own English language, how many people know, I want to try to believe, I want to not have doubt, but sometimes it creeps in. How beautiful of God to bypass even our knowledge and to pray spirit to spirit where the Holy Spirit can pray on our behalf the perfect will of God over our lives. Who doesn't want to pray perfect prayers? I'm telling you, I pray in tongues more than I do in English because I know that my, my earthly language can limit me. But when I pray through the Spirit, it is limitless. It is Jesus himself. Now, somebody are you looking at me with wide eyes like, what is she saying? Where is this in the Bible? I will tell you. Jude 1.20. But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. Anybody been there? I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what to say. Great. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, a language that we do not know nor comprehend. And he searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The Holy Spirit himself, when we invite him in, and how many people know there's the Father God who sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. Jesus went to heaven so that he could send us his Holy Spirit. In church, a lot of times we talk a lot about the Father God. We talk a lot about Jesus. But how about the Holy Spirit? To me, that's the fun part of Christianity. I love it. And so we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we begin to pray in a language not known to us, but known to God. And then miracles start to happen. Oh my gosh, I didn't even pray for that. And then this is happening. Oh, did you? It's the perfect will of God has been praying. The Holy Spirit himself before the throne of God praying perfect prayers. Yes, please. So I'm walking along this harbor and I'm praying and I'm believing and I'm just start to pray and I'm praying in tongues. I'm praying in this language that I don't know, but God does. And as I'm walking along the harbor, all of a sudden I hear this man and this woman, they're like, hi, hey, hey. And they stop me. And in that moment, it was late at night, and I'm on the harbor in San Diego. It's not the safest place to be. And I'm like, I look, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> this could go bad or good. <laughs> but I felt from the Holy Spirit it was going to be good, and so I stopped. And I said, yes, um, can I help you? And they said, yeah, um, I heard you. I heard, were you praying? And I said, oh, yes, I was walking and praying. And they said, were you praying to Jesus? And I said, yep, I was praying to Jesus. And he said, I knew it. He goes, I felt power. I felt something I haven't felt before. I felt it. And he looked at me and he said, would you, would you pray for me and my wife? We're in a really hard way. And we've been traveling through San Diego. And we were once saved when we were kids. And if we were honest, we left that a long time ago. But when I heard you pray, I felt something different. I knew it had to be the Jesus that I read about when I was a kid. I'm telling you, Jesus, he will get through us what our mind cannot even comprehend. And so I remember, I said, absolutely. And 
I led the, the couple to rededicate their lives to Christ. And then as we began to pray for them, I began to break off generational poverty, that, that, that finances would once again flow through them. And then all of a sudden they got filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in tongues and they began to pray in their own power language. Now they got their own power. Thank you in the name of Jesus. You can't make up those moments filled up with the Holy Ghost, praying in their own prayer language. God is good. Point number three, minister now. Minister now. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7 says, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. God has given us all of these gifts to help not just unlock us, but to unlock others. And some people have really poor theology when it comes to the scriptures and they think, well, what gift did I get? What gift is God giving me? And absolutely, there's a strengthening of particular gifts on the inside of us that we will step out and we will use, but through the Holy Spirit, we have access to all of the gifts. Imagine if we were to pray for someone and they need a healing, you're like, sorry, I have the, the gift of finances. <laughs> Somebody needs healing, it's like, sorry, got the gift of administration, how could I orchestrate it? No, they need healing. Through the Holy Spirit, we have access to all of the gifts. This is what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Now each one of them, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The common good. Activating and ministering through the Holy Spirit, it's good for everyone. To one, there is given through the, the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these, somebody say all. All these are the work of the one. Say the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. We have access through the Holy Spirit, through all of the gifts to be able to minister to the people that God surrounds us with. I find it interesting. Sometimes we feel like we have to transgress our personality to share the gospel with someone or to minister in a healing. Could it be that God puts you in the right place at the right time with the right people, with your personality, with the way that you look at life, with the giftings that you have on the inside of you to help unlock a miracle for the person that God has surrounded you with? You might say, well, that's okay. You're an extrovert, Stacy. Clearly. Walk on the harbor and talk to people. I'm not like that. God knows each of us. He designed us. He created you in His image and in His likeness, and He calls you perfect. You're made in the image of God, and there's a lot of facets to who God is. He knows exactly how He designed you to minister to the exact people that He would put in front of you. What if you broke out and decided to just give it a go, like me, in a restaurant, in a hotel, on a street? What if you got the courage when the Holy Spirit started to tug at your heart and you shared with somebody else? And they get saved, what could happen? 
Let me share with you the life of what happened to one person that affected the many. It was July 1, 1885, when Edward Kimball felt the tugging of the spirit to share his faith with a young shoe salesman he knew. At first, Kimball vacillated, unsure if he should talk to the man. How many of us ever feel that way? All the time, even extroverts. But he finally mustered his courage and he went into the shoe store. There, Kimball found the salesman in the back of the room stocking shoes. And he began to share his faith with him. And as a result, the young shoe salesman prayed and received Jesus Christ that day. That shoe salesman's name was Dwight L. Moody. He became the greatest evangelist of his generation. But the story doesn't end there. Several years later, a pastor and well-known author by the name of Frederick B. Meyer heard Moody preach. Meyer was so deeply stirred by Moody's preaching that he himself embarked on a far-reaching evangelistic ministry. Once when Meyer was preaching, a college student named Wilbur Chapman accepted Christ as a result of the presentation of the gospel. Chapman later employed a baseball player to help him prepare to conduct an evangelistic crusade. That ba baseball player, who later became a powerful evangelist himself, was Billy Sunday. In 1924, a group of businessmen invited Billy Sunday to hold an evangelistic campaign in Charlotte, North Carolina, which resulted in many people to, coming, to come to Christ. Out of that revival meeting, a group of men formed a men's prayer group to pray for the world. Shout out to men and women's prayer. They prayed for Charlotte to have another great revival. God sent another evangelist named Mordecai Ham. Ham went to Charlotte in 1934 to hold a crusade. Ham's crusade went well, and even though it did not have many converts, on one of the last nights under the big tent, one tall, lanky young man walked up the aisle to receive Jesus Christ. That man's name was Billy Graham. What a chain of events. And it all started with an ordinary Christian named Edward Kimball, who reached D.L. Moody, who reached Wilbur Chapman, who reached Billy Sunday, who reached Mordecai Ham, who reached Billy Graham. Look how what God has done year after year through stepping out to minister to one man. How many of us in our lifetime, if we just had the courage to step out and minister to the one person God is telling us to minister, what if? It's the next Billy Graham. What if an introvert who only worked up the courage to have a small little conversation ministered to the next Billy Graham? We don't know who God is putting in front of us, but he does. And I am telling you, to you be obedient to the word of God can be one of the most miraculous revivals of all time. And I believe in the name of Jesus that we are standing even now in a revival. Come on, let's give a cheer to Jesus. He's good. I'm going to end with this, and we're going we're gonna to do some praying. I know what it's like to step out and to minister when it's uncomfortable. I know what it's like to step out when I don't have it all together, and yet God asks me to speak. Do you know that you don't have to be some version of perfect to minister to the people that God is sending your way. In fact, God doesn't require perfection. He just requires faithfulness to Him. It's Jesus Himself who does the work of the ministry. 
And all we are are the vessels. We are open and ready for God to utilize us. That's who He chose to move through was humans. It's how He designed it. So I don't want us to think, well, I could never do that. Good for her, but I can't do that. Look at all my jacked up life and self. Look, I get it. I've been there. I'm not some version of perfect. I've gone up and down and all the way around. But I'm telling you, in some of my lowest times in my life, God has asked me to minister. And I will tell you this, as you minister and you see the goodness of God in somebody else's eyes, it will heal your soul. In some of my lowest times, I watched the hand of God move in the people that surrounded me and it brought my faith to a whole nother level in Jesus. Out of our brokenness, out of our lowly ways and off of our mountaintops, we choose to minister. We live a life of ministering. One time, I remember I was in Ecuador and I went with a group of friends and we were gonna um, do a, a, a ladies meeting, a, a women's conference. And they asked me to go and, and, and to preach and to minister. And so I brought some friends with me and we went to Ecuador and you know, it was really awesome. We had this um, night, it was a women's conference and they expected, you know, about maybe 150, 200 people. And all of a sudden I look out and when I looked out, it was like 800 women in the auditorium. And I'm like, God, all right, God, Lord, this isn't me, this is you. Work through me, oh God. And I remember I preached, I ministered, I don't remember much of what I said, but um, at the end, I just gave an altar call and asked people to begin to believe for miracles and the power of God began to break out. And I remember this one woman tugging at me and she said, um, Pastor Stacy, will you, will you pray with me? And I said, sure, what can I pray for? And she said, I'm blind. And I'm like, it's the blind miracle. Like, could you have a headache? And I felt God say, am I not the God of headaches and the God of eyes being open? It is one and the same spirit. And this is not your effort, Stacy. this is mine. Your obedience is to pray. I will do the miracle, you will pray. And so I began to pray. And my prayer wasn't anything like flowery and wonderful. It was like, God, thank you that right now, her blindness, now she can see. Thank you, God. Do you know most of the gods, when you read the Bible, when he prays for people, they're not long and lengthy. It's like, open your eyes, be healed. Why is that? Because it's the authority of Jesus. It's not our words. It's his spirit that heals. And so I remember I prayed. And all of a sudden, she looked at me and she said, I feel something, I feel something. And tears start welling up in her eyes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray again. And I launched out and I prayed again. And then she opened up her eyes and she's like, I can see, I can see. She hadn't seen in years. She could see. Now, what's so awesome about that testimony is that the city that was farther away had heard about the miracles in that city. And they said, would Stacy and the team come to our city? There wasn't even a Christian church there yet. And somebody opened up a big pizza restaurant and we decided to have a conference in a city where a Christian church didn't yet exist. But they had heard of the miracles. And so we went there and the town heard about it. And it was meant to be a women's thing, but men came up off the street and kids started walking in. And I will never forget standing there that night 
and there's people, I just felt the Spirit of God. And I looked out and I just saw like the cloud and it was like the presence of Jesus. And I just knew anything was possible. And I was reminded, this isn't me. You know what it did for me? It took the pressure off. I had no pressure, no stress. God move, God work, do what you do. That night, so many people got saved. So many people got healed. I remember I would stretch out my arm and all these people would just fall under the anointing of God. They didn't know to fall. They'd never been in a church before. They knew the power of the living God and your spirit responds to a living spirit. Remember I prayed over a family there. They got healed, saved, fall under under the power of God, rise back up speaking in tongues and ask me what that was. That's the power of God. Could we all stand up? We're going to pray in this place. We're going to do two things. Because I believe that the gospel of Jesus, the good news, is for everyone. I believe everyone can receive of the Father God. They can know in their hearts that Jesus died on a cross for their sins. And then they can receive of the Holy Spirit and activate every good gift from heaven above. God gave us those gifts to be able to resource us to do the commission, to do the work that He called us to do, to bring the good news to everyone, teaching them to obey the Word of God. And in this place, I just want you to close your eyes. We're gonna pray for anyone that hasn't made that decision to receive of Jesus. And when I say receive of Jesus, I mean the fullness of the gospel. I mean receiving and understanding that knowing that there's a Father in heaven that designed and created you perfectly wired you just the way that you are. I mean, Jesus, who he sent to die on a cross for all of our sins, that we could be saved and reconcile eternity and go to heaven, yes, but also to live our best life on earth. I believe in Jesus who raised from the dead, who said, better that I go and be with my Father so that I can send you your comforter, the one that will be with you always, even to the end of the ages. I don't ever step out and preach, minister, talk, walk alone. I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, ministering through me. So I'm gonna ask us in this place, if that is you, if you've never received the wholeness of the gospel, Jesus, I want you to just lift your hand to heaven. I'm gonna pray for you. And I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand in your seat and we're gonna corporately pray together because then we're gonna activate the gifts of the Spirit in this place. And the gifts are for everyone. So I wanna make sure we're all receiving of the Holy Spirit. We're all saved so that we can activate the good gifts of God that are in the inside of us. So if that's you, if you've never given your life over to Jesus, I just want you to raise your hand real nice and high so I can see it. I see that hand, beautiful. I see that hand. If you, maybe one time or another, you said, you know what, I did get saved or I've been coming to church for a while, but if I were honest with myself, I've not been living the life. I know that there is more in Jesus and I want that today. I'm gonna pray with you. So if you could lift your hand also so just lift your hand to heaven. Come on, yep, I see your hand. This is nothing to be ashamed about. This is the goodness of God in the land of the living. With bonus, I see you there in the back. I see you there in the middle. Come on, lift those hands to heaven. We're gonna receive of a power. Oh my goodness, that's gonna shift and change everything. Are we ready, church? Let's all repeat this prayer together because as we heard, we are the family of God. So we're gonna stand with each other. So let's all pray this prayer, and especially those of you that have your hand raised, let's pray this prayer. Father God, 
I acknowledge you. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for my sins. I thank you that my eternity is reconciled today. I thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to be with me always. I receive the Holy Spirit and I activate every good gift from heaven above. In your name we pray. Come on, let me hear a big amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.